Welcome to Rise and Thrive with Sam. I'm your host, Sam Jones, a women's online health and fitness coach, bridging the gap between building your dream body, optimizing your health, and finally taking control of your life so that you can become the best version of you. I've helped hundreds of women do just that, and it's time to share all my tips, tricks, and industry-leading secrets with you guys. So let's dive in. I am so excited to have you guys here today. This has been long overdue, and I've been wanting to start a podcast for literally ever so that I can dive deeper into so many of the topics that I talk about all the time on social media, and we'll be covering everything from fitness, health, to self-development so that you can become your best self. And I know typically when people start a podcast, they start with an episode that highlights their story, how they got where they are, and you know, a little bit of a background about them. And don't worry, there'll be lots of time for that. I'm hoping this podcast is around for a while. Instead, I wanted to start off with something that was really going to bring you some value right off the bat. And with the long weekend coming up, Canada Day in Canada on July 1st and Independence Day on July 4th in the US, I thought chatting about balancing your social life and all those summer events with your health and fitness goals would be great timing. A lot of the time I hear people say that the summer is the hardest for them and they fall off track so easily in the summertime and I get it, it's a crazy time. So I wanted to give you guys some tips that you don't feel like you're on this never ending cycle of falling off track and trying to get back on track and more so riding the summer wave in flow where you can still prioritize yourself and your goals while also enjoying your summer and not really having to restrict yourself and feel like you're going to be left out and having that FOMO feeling where you're feeling guilty if you participate. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some general tips for summer as a whole and then zone into a little bit more of a specific topic about navigating travel through the summer because I know a lot of you have weekends away, whether it be a cottage weekend, maybe a music festival, maybe you're going on an intentional vacation, traveling to another country, whatever you might have on the agenda. But before we dive into the tips, I did want to start off by just talking a little bit about what is balance as a whole, because you have to understand that in order to achieve balance, there needs to be sacrifices made on each side. That way you end up somewhere in the middle between two things. And I see people using balance. You can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes right now. Balance as an excuse to always just give into that temptation, be self-indulgent and just get away with doing whatever you feel like in the name of balance, because it's the opposite of being healthy and always focusing on your fitness goals, or your health goals or whatever that might be. But that's not balance. And then alternatively, on the other side, being so obsessed with your fitness goals to the point of only having restriction, fear of food, and never participating is not healthy either, right? So we want to be in the middle of that, which usually requires a little bit of give and take on each side. So remember, it's okay to say no to something if it doesn't serve you and your balance, whether it be on the social side or the fitness side. So now let's dive into these tips. The first one, and one of the most important things that I think you can do is have a bigger picture view. We so often get caught up in this like intraday minute vision where we make one mistake and we throw the whole day out the window because we think we ruined everything. So when you're looking at 80-20 as a rule, right, and we'll get deeper into this in other episodes, but when we talk about 80-20, which means that 80% of the time you're doing everything that you need to do to be hitting your goals and to be setting yourself ahead, right, crushing your workouts, eating healthy, nutrient-dense foods, focusing on good quality, getting lots of protein in, getting your steps, getting your sleep, hitting your water goal, and then the 20% of the time is you being more indulgent and a little bit more flexible in your lifestyle, right? Maybe that includes some alcohol, maybe that includes some takeout, maybe 
maybe that includes you know your rest day where you're not going to the gym when you're going out with your friends instead so when we're trying to hit that right and you think of that from a week perspective if you really focus on nailing that 80 percent monday to friday that leaves you a lot more flexibility on the weekend Saturday and Sunday, depending on what you have going on, that leaves you a lot more room to go out and have fun and not really have to think about it as much. And while one might argue that this leaves less flexibility for the week and a little bit more restrictiveness through the week, that's true, but we have to come back to this idea that we talked about in the beginning about having discipline and needing to have sacrifice in order to meet that balance in the middle. So you can't have it both ways. You can't have all of this flexibility and balance through the week and be able to go out all weekend and do whatever you want, right? So if you know that you're somebody who needs the weekend to have more flexibility, getting more stringent and more strict with your weekdays and keeping that on par is gonna make a big difference for you. And while we're on the topic of the bigger picture as a whole, I want you to consider this because we often overestimate what the commitment needs to be to be able to see results. And of course we need to be committed. Of course we need to be consistent, but we usually feel like it needs to be this all or nothing, 110% effort, or there's no point of committing at all attitude. And that's just simply not true. The height of the summer season is roughly 12 weeks, so we'll say around 90 days, you know, beginning of June to end of August. So if you want to be locked in and really dedicated 80% of the time prioritizing your goals and that other 20% being less strict, having more flexibility, being able to go out and do what you want and party and have fun, that gives you 18 full days of summer fun, which is a lot when you think about it to still be matching that 80-20 effort. And something I see people struggle with is being able to be realistic around the expectations of how much time they're actually going to spend out of routine. Because if we use the example of going to a Saturday night concert, theoretically, you should be able to stick within your goals and within balance Monday morning, Monday afternoon, you go out for the concert, you come home and then get back to it Sunday, right? So we usually just take into account that Saturday night. But chances are you're probably not going to be eating the healthiest Saturday night. You might have some drinks. You might not get the best sleep. That's probably going to lead into Sunday being a little bit hungover, being a little bit tired. Maybe you left some extra things to do on Sunday that you didn't get done Saturday, which means that you're probably not going to be able to take all the actions that you would usually do to set that week up for success for that whole next week, which leads into how your preparation for Monday goes. And then that bleeds into how you're feeling and how prepared you are and what your week goes like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on, right? So what really matters is how are you kind of setting yourself up for success around those events and getting back into your flow and your momentum after these days of summer fun and not letting that one or two days off your normal routine turn into a whole week of recovery before bouncing back. It's the actions that we take on an average day-to-day basis that lead up to that big change, not those one or two days where we get thrown off. And then this is going to lead me into tip number two. So being proactive as possible. So it's a little bit of a build on tip number one. If you have proactivity in your routine, that means you're going to have more awareness of what's upcoming and you can schedule and plan your entire week, your entire life around these things. Having events in our life that come up that are diversions from the usual scheduled programming isn't necessarily a bad thing. We can't be zoned in with no distractions all the time, but it's how we prepare for those events and the awareness that we have around that that sets us up for success so that it has minimal impact on throwing us off of our usual routine. So if you know that you're going to a concert on Saturday night, Sunday you're going to a barbecue, chances are that you getting in two workouts, doing all of your grocery shopping, all of your meal prep, planning for the whole week ahead, 
All of that on that one weekend is probably not going to be the most realistic. It comes down to taking the initiative and the personal responsibility to set yourself up for success. You can even stay within a calorie and a macro goal if you're somebody who tracks your food while going out to events and enjoying your time on that Saturday night. So we were just talking about a concert, for example. You can totally stay within your calorie and macro goals while going out and enjoying some pizza, a couple drinks, if you plan proactively. It really doesn't have to ruin the whole day just because you're going out. It's almost like we have this fear of going out and that doing something social is going to destroy our entire progress, which is just like not a healthy way of thinking and not realistic, right? So when we look at it rationally and plan in advance, it really doesn't have to be the case. A lot of people overcompensate with their thoughts and they jump into thinking the worst and think that because they're going out to this social event, what's the point of even tracking? What's the point of even trying? They just chalk it up to like an effort mentality, use the excuse to do whatever they want. And they start thinking, I'll just start again on Monday instead of just dealing with the day hut on planning and working within their goals, doing the best that they can and right off the whole weekend. So let's say you want to have two slices of pizza. You probably know you're going to have about five seltzers and that's what you're allowing yourself to have for this concert experience. If you start the day with a high protein and fat breakfast, and then you have lunch with a lot of veggies, lean protein in it, you're still going to get a ton of nutrients. And you're also probably going to get really close within range of your nutritional goals, your calories and your macros and bonus. You're going to feel like a total badass mentally because you still hit your goals. You get to go out guilt-free and actually enjoy your night instead of feeling that self-sabotage negative feeling like you're setting yourself back, letting yourself down. And that's all because because you took the initiative to take this responsibility to plan proactively. And alternatively, if you don't track your food, because I just used an example about food tracking, but not everybody tracks food, even just taking a more intuitive approach, if you have a plan of action on how to start your day with a healthy, nutrient-dense breakfast and lunch, and then you know what your limits are, maybe how many drinks you're comfortable having, what type of food you might get while you go out, do a little bit of research before, this is going to help you feel way more in control, allow you to pick back up into your routine more efficiently and have less of a chance of overindulging and overdoing it and then feeling like crap after. In the grand scheme of things, it takes like maybe an extra 30 minutes to actually sit down and look at this ahead of time, but it can really change the course of your whole weekend of how you feel mentally and physically and make a big difference in your results. Now, moving on to my third tip for summer as a whole, is to focus on movement. Get outside more, move more. Summer is a nice time to be able to get up, get outside, enjoy activities that most people can't do year round, like hiking, biking, swimming, rollerblading. Maybe you wanna join a team, like outdoor soccer. Maybe you wanna get involved in another sport, maybe something like tennis or golf, or even just getting in more outdoor walks and holding yourself accountable to a daily movement break. So on top of your usual resistance training, we still want to be doing that a couple times a week to be building and maintaining muscle mass. You want to also try to get outside and get in some movement to enjoy the weather, get some fresh air, clear your head, tons of benefits. And also if you know you have a busy week of commitments and cannot complete all of your usual workouts, like let's say maybe you usually do five workouts a week, but you know maybe three is more realistic because you're going away or you have stuff going on, set another movement goal, like a step goal. Make sure you nail your steps. You can do simple things like going for intentional walks, parking further away from a store, taking the stairs at work, all of that adds up, right? But going back to more outdoor movement, 
if you're somebody who wants to do that, but you kind of struggle for time, a great way to do this is to kind of habit stack and pair this with doing something else. So you're almost multitasking. And a big way to do this is to pair entertainment with it. So if you go for a walk, you can listen to an audiobook or a podcast that you enjoy, something that's uplifting, maybe something that's motivating, maybe even something fictional, or maybe you're a true crime girly. <laughs> but if you can set an active date with yourself to go get some steps in and listen to something that you want to listen to that gives you a little bit of a mental break or, you know, really brings you some positive energy. Another thing that you can totally do is schedule an outdoor date with friends, right? A lot of the time you want to meet up with your friends and they want to go for coffee or they want to go for a drink or, you know, sit inside somewhere, but instead maybe suggest grabbing a smoothie and going for a walk. Then you can catch up with them. You can enjoy your time with them, but you're also getting some more movement in. The catch with these things, though, is that you need to actually intentionally be thinking about it and then plan something in to hold yourself accountable. Because if you kind of just say like, oh, I'm just going to go for extra walks this week, but you don't actually set a day or a time or maybe pre-look up like what podcast or what audiobook you're going to listen to so you have that ready to go and you're excited for it. Or maybe you don't set an actual date with your friends and you just say like, oh, guys, like we should go hiking this summer or like we should go rollerblading down at the water. If you don't set an actual date, chances of it happening are going to be much less likely. And that being said, like using an active experience, so maybe it's hiking, maybe it's swimming, but using that for somewhere to plan a trip around can also be a great idea because if you have somewhere that you're looking forward to going and it also involves activity, again, double win. And now speaking of traveling, let's move into the tips for traveling in the summer. So I have three here. I mean, I could probably sit here all day and give lots of tips, but three main ones, because I don't want to overwhelm you guys. I just want to leave you with three main takeaways that are going to sit with you while you're planning your trips this summer. So the first one is really, really simple, but it's just always having a protein first mentality. You could extend that to protein and fiber, but protein, I think is the number one thing, but always focusing on having a protein in each main meal, no matter where you are, what you're getting, what you're doing, right? Or if you can't have protein in a meal, bringing snacks with you, whether you're on a road trip and you bring them on the road, or if you're flying somewhere, you can bring them in your carry-on or in your suitcase, but having easy accessible snacks are going to be great things to have with you if it's a last resort and you can't get somewhere to eat or you don't have any good options. This will also help you avoid skipping meals. Things that you can bring are going to differ depending on what your transportation status is if you're in a car you can bring a cooler with a lot more options you can even pre-make meals and bring that with you uh, for on the road at least for the travel side of things but also for while you're on a trip you can bring things like greek yogurt nitrate free deli meats beef jerky canned tuna canned chicken nuts seeds roasted chickpeas like there's a ton of different things that you can bring with you that are going to be higher in protein now if you're flying you probably have less flexibility you need something that's more compact that's not going to go bad so you're probably going to be more restricted to bringing protein powders and protein bars and stuff like that but regardless having something with you as a backup even if you don't need it having it there in case something comes up even when you're at the airport right like who wants to buy like a 20 dollar meal so bringing snacks that you can eat especially that are going to be higher in protein is going to support you for sure and flowing into our second tip this is going to be taking a serious look at the trip itself and evaluating before you go so going back to our proactivity that we talked about a little bit before 
but every trip is going to look different and what the realistic expectations are may vary. So ask yourself, what is the nature of the trip? Like, are you going with intention of being active and moving? Or is it something that you're totally okay with not getting as much movement because you know the nature of the trip is more to relax or to party or whatever else? What type of food places are there going to be to eat out at close by if you don't have access to a kitchen or does your accommodations have a kitchen? Can you cook? Is there a grocery store nearby? If so, you know, what do you and the people that you're going with want to eat? Maybe doing a collective inventory across the group of, you know, what everybody's okay with for meals, if there's any dietary restrictions, and maybe communicating, like, I have these fitness goals, guys, like, I want to make sure that I'm able to still have some balance, so let's try to eat some healthier alternatives while making some food that's a little bit more fun and a little bit more indulging. Uh, do you have access to a gym or can you work out in your accommodation? Should you bring any equipment? Like it's so easy to pack a set of bands and bring those. What's the itinerary? These are all questions you want to ask yourself and gather information on to be able to educate yourself in the best way to prepare in advance. So for example, a hiking trip with the intention of being super active, being outside a lot, you have access to a kitchen and an Airbnb, there's a grocery store in town, that's going to look totally different than maybe going to a music festival for the weekend where you're planning on staying on the festival grounds for the majority of the weekend and you're going to be eating all your food from vendors on the grounds and you're staying in a hotel that has no cooking access and you're going to have a packed itinerary. Regardless, looking at all of this in advance is going to give you a much more prepared approach for the trip and give you a more realistic outlook on how to manage your expectations of yourself and not feel as overwhelmed. And then thirdly would be asking yourself, what is your bounce back technique, right? We talked a little bit about this before, about not letting singular days or events turn into multiple days or a week of feeling off track. But this is even more important for a trip because we get even more out of routine when there's a prolonged time of having that interruption. So you want to give yourself a plan that you can put into place before you leave as to how you're going to transition when you come back and keep that flow going and build that momentum again. So you want to ask yourself, what do you need to do in advance? What actions do you need to take to set yourself up for success? This can look like pre-ordering groceries to be delivered the day you're returning so you don't have to go to the store. Maybe ordering pre-made meal prep meals to get you through those first couple days back. Maybe pre-packing your gym bag for that first Monday morning gym session back after the weekend away. It can also be something as simple as doing chores, cleaning the house, doing your laundry the week before you leave. So that way when you come home, you get to come back to a clean, fresh, organized space instead of chaos. This is honestly going to look different for everybody and it's whatever you need to bring back that clear, positive headspace so you can get right back into crushing it. Realistically, one week won't throw you off your whole progress, but two weeks, three weeks, sometimes even letting that vacation roll into a month of being out of sorts and we've all been there can be a serious game changer when it comes to not only results, but how you're feeling mentally and your mindset about your journey as a whole. But that's it from me today, guys. Thank you so, so much for listening to my first episode. Again, I'm so excited to be here. And if you loved today's episode, share it on Instagram, tag me, tag a friend, leave us a review. And if you have any questions, my DMs are always open. So feel free to slide right on in there and ask. And I look forward to seeing you guys in the next one. Take care.